Genesis chapter 22, we all desire for God to help us, right? We all desire for God to be there for us. We all desire for God to, to fill caps in our life oftentimes. The, the term is, is God will fill that empty place in your soul. Well, in reality, if God don't fill all of it, then, then there's another problem. But we're not going to get to that this morning. We all desire for God to help us. We all desire for God to be there for us. And, and, the, and I know that I've said it before. And I'll say it again because I really like the quote. And this morning we're going to read from the Bible of, of what, kind of where I feel like that quote comes from. But where the red fern grows, when the little boy wants coon dogs, what does his daddy tell him he has to do? He has to do his part. He has to meet God halfway. Sometimes you, you and it's kind of like praying for a hole and propping up on a shovel. Know what I mean? Praying for a hole and propping up on a shovel is, is not really desiring for something to happen. It's not really desiring for something to change. But if you want something to change, if you want something to happen, if you want God to work in your life, then start working toward Him and He'll meet you there. There was a railroad track built across this great country years and years and years ago. And they started at the, at the East Coast and they started at the West Coast. And you know what they did? They met in the middle. Sometimes we have to meet God there. If we don't, why in the world should He honor our request if we say, God help me, and then we do everything but honor Him. We do everything but worshiping Him. This morning, Brother Dean did a great job at the Sunday school lesson. It was about uh, worshiping God half-heartedly. It's about splitting our priorities between God and others. It's about splitting our worship and splitting our focus and splitting our time. And the reality is, if God does not, is not number one in our place, and Brother Terry mentioned this, the word all is in those verses just all over the place. And if God is not our all, then why should He do anything for us? If God is not our all, then why should He hear us? Don't get me wrong, He does. But why should God grant us anything if He is not our everything? Genesis chapter number 22, we're going to begin in verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men. And Isaac his son clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. And I feel like at this time a question mark arose in Isaac's head. He said, we've got the wood, we've got the servants, we've got the, the animals to help tote it all there. We have everything we need, but we don't have a sacrifice. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And he said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. And Abraham took the wood and, uh, of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife. And went him both of them together. Now Abraham took a knife. I feel like that is very, very interesting. Because whenever the Old Testament men of God would offer sacrifices, they would have to offer blood. They would have to offer something living, something precious. And, and, and it was a symbol of humility and faith and honor and praise and worship to God. And they struck out in verse number 7. Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, these wheels are turning. Isaac sees that there's something missing. And he says, my, uh, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where is the lamb? 
I believe that the whole time God had that lamb up on the top of that mountain. I believe that it was there, and you can't convince me otherwise because you don't have Bible for it. I believe that that lamb was up there waiting the whole time that God had prepared it, that God had set it up there, that God had taken care of the whole thing. But Abraham didn't know it until he climbed the mountain. He had to meet God up there. God told him to go offer your son Isaac as a sacrifice. And in verse number 3 it says he rose up early in the morning. He was kind of excited about it, do you think? Or do you think he was excited about worshiping God? Do you think that, that Abraham was excited about this three-day journey up a mountain? Or do you think he was excited about, about obeying God? What was Abraham, what, what was going through his mind? What was his priorities at that point? Because every step of the way you see him obeying God. He told the young man, he said, abide ye here. We're going to go and worship. He didn't say we were going to go make a sacrifice. And I believe that that is important as well. He didn't tell the young man that he left. He said, hey, y'all stay right here. We're going to go offer a sacrifice and I'll be back. He didn't say that. He said, me and Isaac is going to go worship. We're going to go worship God. We're going to go visit God. We're going to go praise God. We're going to go acknowledge God. And then we're going to come back. And Isaac said, where is the lamb? Everything that we come to in our life, God provides for. Do you believe that? The things that we haven't even made it to yet, God has already taken care of. The mountains that we hadn't even climbed yet, God has already put a lamb up there. The, the problems that we don't even acknowledge, can't even see, God has already solved them. We understand that it's in His omnipotence, God sees past, present, and future just like we see each other right now. And it's simple to God. It's easy to God. And all that He requires is that we meet Him there. That's all He requires. That is faith and obedience in God. Had Abraham not climbed that mountain? Had Abraham disobeyed God? Had Abraham not had faith in God? And I believe that had Abraham brought him a sheep or a lamb with him, the results of the remainder of the Bible would have been different. This is the beginning of Genesis. And had Abraham not obeyed God right here, I believe that the rest of the Bible would read different today. Because Abraham's name is used throughout. And Abraham obeyed God. Abraham believed God. And Abraham climbed that mountain believing that God would give him this son, his only son, the promised son, the son through which generations of the world would be blessed. He didn't believe that he would take him away from him. And not keep his promise. God is a God of promises. Right? God's promised us that good things will come. God has promised us that we will suffer. God has promised us that we will be tempted. God has promised us that we will endure persecution. God has promised us that he'll be with us. But all of these promises require obedience. I hadn't found a single promise in the Bible yet that didn't have a string attached. Y'all have come across them people, right? Everything that they, that, that they do for you, there's a string attached. Well, I'll do such and such, but just know you're going to owe me down the road. Well, I'll take care of this, but I'm going to need this in return. Well, I'll do this for you, but I'm going to send you a bill when we're finished. 
Everything is always strings attached. And I hadn't found a promise in this Bible that does not have a string attached to it. And you know what at the end of most of those strings are? It's what Solomon said. He said the whole duty of man is what? Obey God. Keep His commandments. At the end of every string attached to every promise that God makes us is to obey God. To honor God. To love God. And keep His commandments. Do you want God to work in your life? Obey Him. Honor Him. Worship Do you want God to work in this church? Obey Him. Honor Him. Worship Him. Do you want God to work in your family? Obey Him. Honor Him. Worship Him. Because God is waiting. God is waiting patiently at the top of that mountain. Turn, if you would, to Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number 6, God sees the wickedness of the world. And then God saw in verse number 8, God saw Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 13, God said unto Noah, The end of the, all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark. Noah, make you an ark. Here it comes. The end of all flesh is near. Everything is about to go. Everything is about done. Noah, I want you to build an ark. Save your family. Several times in the next couple of chapters we read what we read in verse 22. Look at Genesis chapter 6, verse number 22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. Do y'all see that? Brother Terry, you brought out that word all this morning. Thus did Noah some of what God told him. Do you believe if Noah had built half an ark, it would have floated? Let's think about this. Had Noah built half of the ark, would it have floated? Had Noah partially obeyed God, chances are Noah would have met the same fate as the rest of the world that wouldn't obey God. Chapter number 7, verse number 5. And Noah did according to all, all, A-L-L, every last bit that the Lord commanded him. God prepared to save Noah. God prepared to honor Noah. God prepared to bless Noah. But he did not do it until Noah met him halfway. He did not do it until Noah built the ark. He did not do it until Noah obeyed him. And at no point in time in our life does God owe us anything. We understand that. God don't owe us. We can worship and honor him all day, every day. You could never leave this church. You could eat, sleep, and dream in here. And worship God every waking minute of your life and he still wouldn't owe you a thing. Get that out of the way first. God has done more and above and beyond anything that we could ever repay Him already. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He, he redeemed the unredeemable. We can't repay that. But God desires for us to, to, to give our life to Him. Paul said, as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. 
Whenever we give our life to Him, whenever we pledge our life to Him, it's not part-time. It's not sometimes. There's no such thing as a part-time Christian. You either are or you ain't. You're either living in God's will or you ain't. You're serving God or you ain't. That's it. There's no sometimes. There's no part of the time. And I'm not saying that we can't stray. And I'm not saying that we can't backslide. But in our life, we are either serving God or we are serving man. And God said that I have prepared great things for you. I have prepared an ark to save you and your family. I have prepared a sacrifice so that your son's life is spared. I have prepared all of this for you if you will but obey me. Has God told any of us to take a three-day hike up a mountain? With just what you can tote. I've hiked up a mountain before. Several of you have. It ain't no fun. Me and Emily was in Carolina. And it was a blast for the first little while. Like anything else. We were in Carolina and there was this mountain rock. Whatever. Called Chimney Rock. Some of you hiked it. And we started hiking up Chimney Rock. And and I was younger then. Still not in great shape. But we got it going up Chimney Rock. And we got it going and going and going and going. And some... What felt like two or three million steps later, we got to the top of Chimney Rock. They had this elevator at the top, and they promised us that if we could make it to the top, the elevator would bring us down. Guess what? God keeps his promises. People don't. Elevator was broken. So what felt like three million steps going up to the top of this mountain... We had to turn around, and this is stairs. Now, this ain't pathways just winding through pretty woods. This is, this is, this is rocks. And we got to the top, and it was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The hike down, it was grueling. It wasn't beautiful. We got to the bottom, and the next day we had to cancel our plans because I could not move. I was not an exercise, working out type of person. Now, I could work, but my work did not include a stairmaster. It didn't. So right here in the back of my legs and and, uh, whatever you call that muscle, it it hurt. The next day it hurt bad. I couldn't hardly walk the next day. I mean, it, it, it whooped me. Abraham walked for three days to obey God. Noah worked for a hundred years building an ark. Do y'all understand? Y'all been to the ark? Y'all know how big some of those beams are? Y'all know how, how, how big the ark was? Do you think it was easy? Anybody in here a hundred? Nobody? Noah was older than that and he built an ark. He built a boat bigger than anything that we've ever built. And he was over a hundred. It was grueling. It had to have been difficult. It had to have been hard. And I believe that God gave him the grace to get through it. But it was not something that was, that was easy to do. And yet I see people today, and, and I've been guilty of it myself, we just soon sit on the couch and watch TV for church. Because we don't feel like going out to church. That's like watching Emeril Lagasse or Paula Dean cook and expecting to get full. You understand that that don't happen that way. It don't work that way. And during COVID, people became accustomed to it. And I believe COVID was one of the biggest tools that the devil has used lately. But it's not the same. It's not the same. And whenever God said worship him, he, he didn't say worship me on Sundays. He didn't say worship me on Wednesdays. He said to love me all the time with all that you have. To rejoice evermore because of what he has done. In Thessalonians, the two words, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Love God. 
Live for God. Obey God. And you will reap what you sow. Let me use an example. It's fairly simple. God is standing at the front of your life. Standing right up in front of you just like I'm standing in front of you, Brother Stanley. And he's holding out his hand. And he says, all you have to do to read blessings is to come get it. That's it. Now God's not going to bring it to you. He's not going to bring it to you. You have to obey him and meet him halfway. You have to show up. You have to come get it. You have to... We can't do nothing and expect something. Does that make sense? We can't do nothing and expect something. We have to meet God halfway. We have to work. We have to get there. And, and, and I've heard a man say one time, he said, if you don't want to live for God, God will find somebody who will. And that never made sense to me until I got to a point in my life that, that God would present me with opportunities to live for Him. And whenever I said no, it wasn't that God worked, God's work stopped. It was that someone else did it and really blessed us from Because if I don't allow God to use me, God's still going to get His work done. God's still going to get it. He's still going to be reached with Jesus. Someone else is going to receive that blessing. And God's not going to sit there and say, will you please, will you please, will you please come on? He's going to say, hey, here's your opportunity. Obey me, build an ark, offer a sacrifice, meet me halfway, climb this mountain, and if you don't, he's moving on. He's moving on. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, one day God's going to move on. If he's burning you this morning, if you know you're lost, it is as easy as walking up and, and, and receiving a gift. It is as easy as... It's easier than that. It's believing in Jesus Christ, and that is it. That is it. it it's believing in Jesus. God has already done his work. Jesus already came. The cross is already... It, it's down, it's gone, it's, it's flattered now. The tomb is nobody knows. But the Savior is sitting at the right hand of God. And He is sitting up there for you. Because He is the, he is the man between you and God. He is the one that came and lived and died for you. So that you don't have to go to hell. That's it. So that you don't have to go to hell. Now there's a lot more attached to salvation. But this morning... You have to meet God halfway. Because God's not going to come around with a stamp and say, boom, you're going to hell. He's not going to do that. Because if it was up to Brother Terry, everybody in here would be saved. If it was up to me, there wouldn't be a lost person around here. But it's not. It's up to you. Because God gave humans something that's called free will. And it's, it's terrible and it's awful. Because it would be so much easier if whenever it came bedtime, I could just tell Bailey, hey, go to sleep. And she would lay down and she'd go to sleep. So much easier. But we have this thing called free will where God allows us to, to think and God allows us to do and God allows us to, to have our own mind and have our own way. And whenever He does that, then, then we have to accept Him. God is not going to force Jesus Christ on you. And no matter how many times you, you, 
your friend may hit you in the head with their Bible. Your friend can't get saved for you. And your grandma and grandpa can't pray you into heaven. It's not going to happen. Just as Abraham had to climb this mountain, just as Noah had to build an ark, your task is much more easy. Much easier. Believe in Jesus Christ. Period. You want to be blessed? Believe in Jesus Christ. You want to sing this song, thank you Lord, with a whole different kind of meaning. Believe in Jesus. You want to sing Bound for That City and really mean it? I mean, that song, it, it, it's a good song, right? It's kind of upbeat. You sing kind of loud, it's kind of high for me this morning. It's good. That song makes you feel good. But there ain't no song can make you feel like Jesus can. There ain't no song can change your life like Jesus can. There's no band, there's no entity, there's no concert, there's no church, there's no person, there's no nothing that can change your life the way that Jesus can. But if you don't believe Him, you'll never experience that. If you don't believe Him, you... I wish I could do it for you. Because getting saved is the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever do. It is, and I say that all the time because it's the absolute truth. Believing in Jesus Christ is the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever do because it has to be a 100% commitment. 100%. If it took coming up and shaking my hand and get saved, some of you could race up here. Others, it would take a minute, right? If you had to go climb a mountain and get saved, we'd say, guess it. Because some of us ain't much on physical exercise. And if you had to build an ark to get saved, that, that just limits the number down. That Jesus may not have any company in heaven at all. Just him and Noah and the angels. But it's easier than that. But if you stutter in your chair. We were at the... Who was that Sunday? Covenant in a couple of weeks ago. Chris Tyler. He told everybody. He said, hey, why don't y'all come up to the front? Come up to the stage. There's plenty of room up here. Well, my wife has always wanted to, to you know, meet him. And she sat there. I said, get up there. He's talking to people. He's inviting them. Y'all come up to the stage. I said, go up there. She said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You know what happened while she was sitting there stuttering? Them other people beat her up there and they got closer than she did. And while she was two people back, she still got close and it counted whatever. But had she not stuttered in her sheet, she would have seen. She'd been first in line. This morning, if you stutter in your seat, if you rock back and forth, if you're not sure, if you're part of the way there, if you're almost there, if you're perhaps, I'm going to get there. If you're, I'll believe in Jesus Christ later. I'll believe in Jesus Christ one day. I'll, I'll obey God eventually. I'll serve God eventually. I have to get my family in order. I have to get my life in order. I have to get everything straightened up before I get there. You're going to die and go to hell. You're going to live your life and you're never going to obey God and you're never going to receive the blessings. You're going to be saved so as by fire. There are two routes that you can take as a lost person. And that is heaven or hell. There's no in-between. There's no part of the way. And if you stutter, if you think twice, and if you're almost there, you're going to almost get to heaven, which is still going to lift your eyes in hell. And if you're a saved, born-again believer, you're going to live for God or you're not. And you're going to live for God and you're going to reap the blessings. You're going to receive the blessings or you are not. And you're going to go through this life and waste it. Every second of every minute, you're either all in or you're not. You're either all in or you're not. Several years ago, a teaching conference where this guy was talking about motivating kids. He said a lot of kids aren't motivated to, to learn and to 
work and, and to give that extra effort. Because the teachers aren't motivated to work and to learn and to give that extra effort. He said, I'm going to give you an example. He said he held up three $100 bills. And he said, who wants a $100 bill? A few people raised their hands. You know everybody wants to raise their hands. He said, here, come get them. He stood there for five or six seconds before anybody moved. Y'all believe that? He stood there for five or six seconds before anybody moved. If you stand there this morning, if you wait for God to save you, without you believing in Jesus, you're going to be waiting. You're waiting in hell. If you wait for God to bless your life because you're uh, attending church on Sunday morning, if you're waiting for God to bless your life because you prayed before now, and that's where your spirituality ends, you're going to waste yourself through a wasted life. If you want to live with God, start now. Because I'll be honest with you. Y'all hear the way this, this acoustics kind of carry in this building? I love that. You can't have a private conversation because if you're sitting back there, I can hear you right here. You can't have a private conversation here. Carries through the whole. And I really expected for the singing to be a little bit louder than it was. I heard a few of you singing. I heard Drew singing. I heard Brother Terry singing. I heard Hope singing. I heard a few of you singing, but I really didn't hear all of you singing. I really didn't. And I've sat in church services all of my life and hung them on. You know what? Why do we hum wrong in church? Because we're not really sold out for God. Because we're not really worshiping Him. Because we're not really thankful for what He's done for us. Because we're not really understanding exactly what Jesus went through on our account. And we're refusing to meet God halfway. God said to worship and praise Him. Period. You want to be blessed? Obey God. Keep His commandments. It is the whole duty of man. And throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, the Bible talks about the importance and the emphasis put on worshiping and obeying God. Obedience leads to blessings. Obedience leads to blessings. This morning, are you willing to obey God? Are you willing to take that step as a saved person? Are you willing to reach out and invite somebody to church? Are you willing to, to go pick them up? Are you willing to share the gospel with them? Are you willing to invest in them? Are you willing? I was speaking with a missionary. He was a missionary to somewhere in Europe. He's a pastor, First Baptist of Coastal now. And he said the biggest problem with missionaries is that we, we, we hand out a pamphlet, we hand out a pamphlet, and we never follow up. We don't know if they understood it. We don't know if they read it. We don't know if they're saved. This morning, if you're a saved person and all you're doing is handing out pamphlets, then you're just going to do most. Anybody can hand out pamphlets. But to invest in someone. Noah preached for a hundred years while he built the ark. And I don't believe that he stood up there building that ark and was shouting over his shoulder, Hey, y'all! Y'all need to obey God! Building the whole time. Sawing and cutting it. Hey, y'all! Remember to obey God! I don't believe that's how it worked. I believe that Noah went to his friends and his family and, and begged them to believe God. Begged them to believe his word. Begged them to believe that a flood was coming. Begged them to believe that, that their life would end if they didn't believe in God. This morning I'm begging with you to understand that your life is going to end, but your soul will never burn up in hell's fire if you do not believe in God. If you do not believe in Jesus. 
If you do not let go of everything else, it's either all or nothing. You can't rock in your seat and say, well, I'm going to get up. No, I'm going to get up. No, I'm not, uh, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. You're going to rock your way to hell. Believe it or not. Serve or don't. Obey or don't. Blessings are contingent upon obedience. This morning, are you willing to meet God halfway? It's easier than you might think. Because God don't ask us to climb mountains. He says we have to have the faith to move into the mountains. God don't require an awful lot of us physically. God requires a lot of us spiritually. This morning, are we willing to give that to Him? Are we willing to obey Him? Because God will do some awesome things in our life. He will. And, and I understand it just a little bit better now than I did this time last week. Last week, the Sunday school lesson was on worshiping Him in the night and in the hard times and in the troubled times. And six years ago, seven years ago, I don't think any of us understood it quite as good as we do now. And maybe this time next year we'll understand it better. Because worshiping God is not something that we do some of the time. Obeying God is not something that we do part of the time. Being sold out to God is not something that we do whenever it's convenient or whenever it's easy. But it's all the time. And if we think that God has blessed us even just this much, if we think that God has changed our life even just a little bit, that is nothing. That is a drop in a bucket compared to what He will do if we'll obey Him more. If we'll serve Him more. If we will allow Him to use our life in a greater way, God can do awesome things. And, and I, I believe the word awesome in society today is overused. Drastically overused. Because to be awesome is something to be completely mind-blowing. It's something that is that, that you just can't wrap your head around. And God is that awesome. God is that change your life. Everything is different. Awesome. But today we consider a peach cobbler funnel cake awesome. I heard some of you say it. That peach chocolate bone cake is awesome. Our brother Cooper's gumbo was awesome. Didn't hear that quite much. We consider things to be awesome that really aren't. They're just really good. You want something awesome to thank God. You want something awesome to believe in God. You want something awesome to believe in Jesus to the Satan of your soul. You want something awesome to live for Him and He will change your life in ways that you never even could have dreamed of. But you have to step out. <coughs> have to step out. And the thing about it is, is we don't understand what's on the other side of our faith. We don't know what's on the other side of our faith. Can anybody see what's on the other side of this door? Some of you make them look out the window and get an idea. But you don't know what's on the other side of this door. You don't know. You have no idea what I may have put on the other side of this door before you got here this morning. Right? Nobody knows what's on the other side of this door. Faith is opening that door anyway. Not knowing what's on the other side of it. Faith is believing in God, not knowing where we're going. Faith is believing in God, not knowing what's going to happen when we get to the top of that mountain. Faith is building an ark when we don't know well, how in the world is God going to flood the earth because it has never rained. We don't give Noah enough credit. We don't give Abraham enough credit. Faith is believing in God regardless. And faith will change your life. 
There's a song I, I think McKenzie sings it. So let me tell you about my Jesus. And that is my favorite song that she sings. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. This morning, if you want to change your life, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you want everything to change, believe in Him. This morning, if you're saved and, and, and you want God's blessings in your life, obey Him. Worship Him. Serve Him. And things will change. You don't know what's on the other side of your faith, but God does. This morning, I encourage you, I beg you, I implore you to reach out. Allow your faith in God to allow God to change your life. I'll have a verse of a song. We're going to ask a verse of invitation.